0: Hi everyone, welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. I'm Peter, the non-yoga teacher half of the show. I don't usually do an introduction, but I'm doing one this week for two reasons. Firstly, because a friend of mine who listens told me, uh, shouldn't you be doing an introduction to start the show so that any new listeners will know what's going on? But I've always been like, nah, I mean the title is very self-explanatory, so I'm pretty sure that they'll know. But now I'm like, worried. So basically, if this is your first time, this is a show where I, Peter Brush, uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, At least I was. I mean, I will be again one day. But for anyone listening to this in the future, we're currently recording uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic and I'm not allowed to perform widely in pubs and clubs and theatres, which I used to do and I was damn good at it. But uh, anyway, that's, that's who I am. And uh, in this show, I talk to Kayla, my yoga teacher, and we talk about yoga, meditation, that kind of thing uh, in easily accessible ways. And hopefully anyone listening to it has found it beneficial as well as entertaining. That's our intention anyway. We've had some feedback to suggest that we might be pulling that off. We love hearing nice things, by the way, so all your comments and shares and likes and follows and subscribes are all great, and also really help us those as we fight against the algorithms continually. I actually look at the stats of listener numbers probably far too often, but it's uh, amazing to see Had like listeners in India, Taiwan and Spain, I think some of them have abandoned us now, but if you are one of those people, I've no idea how you found it, but uh, thanks, Us, we both think it's really cool. And not to say we think anything less of our US or UK listeners, but we can kind of account for those a little bit more. These are the graphs that I show Kayla in the first half of the show, in case you don't know what we're talking about in a few seconds. I promise you it'll just be a few more seconds reason two for the introduction is because this is quite a clean podcast although we've never explicitly said that but i do make two very mild sexual references there's nothing graphic or anything i'm probably bigging this up way too much but i just thought because we hadn't said anything of that sort in the previous five episodes you might think it's safe to listen around your seven-year-old child and uh, you know it probably still is but you know if i don't say anything i haven't covered my bases have I? anyway enjoy the show and the, the show starts now
1: When I was younger, we lived in uh, Maryland, and we used to go down to Florida, or south at least, for our vacation. And one of the things that I always looked forward to was south of the border. This massive stop that just had this, probably, looking back, not very nice, giant Mexican man with a giant sombrero on. I mean giant as well, like, like, a, like a building size, you know, like huge. And he was like, oh, welcome to south of the border with a big sign. And you could go there and just buy loads of like, mexican stuff mostly but they also had fireworks and you know just everything that you just couldn't have in the northern states
0: slaves yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slaves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> i'm glad you like the graphs they're cool aren't they
1: oh uh, yeah i love graphs uh i'm a big graph fan anytime i can make graphs i'm so happy
0: oh cool well yeah i could have <laughs> sent you the excel spreadsheets but it's just numbers then isn't it? you've obviously yeah lovely cool lines
1: I find it very satisfying when you have, like, because obviously higher level astronomy is mostly just data points, like just information. So um, I find it really nice when you get, like, all this data and then you can turn it into something, (laughs) like a graph or whatever. And you're like, ah, look how pretty it is. (laughs) It's no longer just useless numbers.
0: (laughs) It's what we all want, really, not to be a useless number, but to be a nice Mm -hmm. part in a a human wavy line. Yeah. That's a witty or stupid thing to say. I do think I tread a fine line.
1: (laughs) So I don't know if you know that I was homeschooled.
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was homeschooled. We We used to go ancient. I don't know if that's just the thing my mom liked, but we used to go quite ancient with our history. She used to love teaching us about. E, you know egypt and and greece and rome and you know all that kind of stuff they're like i'm not a historian i wouldn't say i know them perfectly but i know a version of a lot of stories from like the greek mythology and all
0: of you're good in the pub quiz then so- yeah, I
1: yeah exactly <laughs> the
0: only time i ever see greek mythology ever needed is in the last round of eggheads
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm
0: Miguel. I was writing a joke which uh, in lockdown, which, which will be. I'm not sure if people like it on stage, but you know, Medusa could turn people into stone by looking to. Yeah. If they look into her eyes. I found out she had a son. They can't pronounce the son's name, it begins with C. It looks like, like Chrysalida, but it's okay. not that. Anyway, I was trying to write a routine about how Medusa's son must have been terrified because usually you, you're worried about like your parents catching you masturbating. But if you're. <laughs> Mother was Medusa, that would be even worse because not only would you be caught, you'd have a statue of you doing it forever <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's quite a funny thing to have come up with, but. Yes,
1: there's, there's gold in
0: there. <laughs> as is the way with stand up comedy, if you do something that's got trigger words in it, like masturbation or anything sexually related, it's got to be good. Otherwise, half the audience will go, rrr, rrr, kum, rrr. oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, vocabulary is really interesting. We've kind of touched on that before, haven't we? But like trying to find the right vocabulary and make sure you say the right things so that you can keep people engaged, but also not necessarily offend. Like we were saying before about using too much like spirituality terms or a very common word that I come across all the time is blessed. Oh, I'm so blessed. Or bless yourself, or be blessed, or bless this. Thing or whatever, you know. I mean, the only time I've ever really heard people say "bless" is because I'm from South Carolina, so oh, bless <laughs> you, little heart, you know. Oh, bless mm-hmm. you so, oh. So, like, when I hear people say like, "Oh, you know, I feel really blessed," all this, and it's like, mm, what does that really mean? Mm, mm-hmm. You know, what does that really mean? I don't really like that term, but so that's an example of like something that would. When I hear stuff like that, I almost
0: switch off. If you hear it too much, it's one of those things, it's like it's when yeah. something becomes cliche, It's like, it doesn't mm. mean anything.
1: Well, that's one of the reasons why I do end up talking a lot in my classes, like when I'm teaching, is because I want to make sure that I get my point across and that you don't have to listen to everything. Eventually, some way that I say it will stick. <laughs> and then that way you can have and you can forget about all the other ways that I've said it.
0: <laughs> I quite like the repetition of the phrases, actually, in some ways, because... You don't fully take it in the first time, or what it means the first few times. Yeah. Cause
1: you mean to say, like when you're new to it, you're kind of getting lost in what you're trying to yeah, do, yeah. and you're not so thinking about anything else.
0: Yeah, so you're not.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you always say something like at the end about being the observer of sensations. And yes. When you're first like doing classes, and you like you're not keeping up with everything. You know, I know you've said that, but I'm not really thinking about what it means. Mm. The fact that you keep saying it. It's not like, oh, God, she's saying that again. Yeah. It's not like, it's weird. It's like, that doesn't not mean anything. It does mean something. But the fact that you've said it enough means that I'd start to appreciate what it means rather than thinking, oh, she just says that because that's what she says. It's like, it does. Yeah. It's not, but it's like, there is like a fine line because if you said it every two minutes, it'd be like it was an annoying tick or something. And yeah. It's really strange. Like, make any sense that? No, yeah, that's perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute nonsense. Like, I just, no, no,
1: I think why that's I good. I talk
0: real, real, I just, I think I talk rubbish sometimes, and I also because <laughs> of the tone of my voice, I'm so worried about just sounding boring.
1: <laughs> I don't think you sound bored, but I will say this: I have um, someone to really gauge this against. So I don't know if I've told you this story, but I used to when I worked in the in the offices. There was one guy who we had this big meeting and he used to t- he used to tell, you know, really interesting stuff because he's be working on building the website and stuff. And so it was actually really interesting. And then when he stood up and he started talking, oh, he really <laughs> missed his calling. He definitely should have been telling bedtime stories or something because it was just instant. Like, <laughs> he had such a relaxing voice. But it was like... Uh, and then we're gonna do this, and I can't even do it. It was just amazing. We always used to joke about it. He knew it. He knew it. It wasn't a secret.
0: <laughs> it. It's like giving a really, really untalented comedian the best jokes in the world. It doesn't matter. Like it's the way you say. <laughs> it's the way you say things. Definitely.
1: And I hope that that's what's going right for me in my yoga. Sometimes, you know, like it's not necessarily what I'm
0: saying, but how I'm saying it. You know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's. I don't know. You're not like unapproachable is what i think
1: oh yeah that's a good way of saying it
0: i said before about you you you're not being like superwoman like doing all these mm. like insane things that all of us in the class are never going to be able to do so it never feels like you're mm. showing off in front of us we're obviously very proficient and good at it but it feels like you're kind of with us on the journey to like getting mm. better at it rather than like hello minions here <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like, Yeah, of course you'll never be able to do these things, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're a bit ahead. But you're like, oh, you know. And I don't mean that in a that could seem like a horrible thing to say. It's like if I ran a comedy (laughs) course, it'd be like, oh, he's a bit shit, but (laughs) we could probably be better than him (laughs) in a couple of years, which I wouldn't want because I'd want to be like. If I ran a comedy course, I'd just be like, you can either do it or you can't do it. And like, I'm good and most of you are not going to be. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I think I feel like with yoga, I think it's a bit because the physical practice that we do in classes is such, it's really just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's so there's so much more to it because the idea is that you eventually like in one of one of our classes, when I do the glutes class. I talk a lot about connecting, is it dendrites, the connectors between the nerves and you can't make new nerves, but you can create more connections between the nerves that you have by using whatever needs using. So if you don't use it for a long time, it'll those connections can stop. They can break and not be as active. So like I think like that is the biggest thing that I feel people get out of their yoga practice. And a lot of the time, uh, maybe teachers probably call it something like body awareness and stuff like that oh body aware oh become a bit aware of your body you know <laughs> but I always feel like it's a real practical idea behind that where you literally are making these connections in the body so that you can you know isolate one muscle group ish and tighten or relax like just your leg just your back And I think that that's because that's kind of the focus of yoga. You can't really get good or bad at it. And if you are good or bad at it, no one's going to know because it's only you that knows (laughs) if you're good or bad. I know that like when you go on Instagram and you search yoga, you find all these people doing all these crazy things. And it's like, are you a yoga or are you a contortionist? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah that's my idea he's no good or bad there's just creating this connection and so so when you can start doing things that are loads better than me when i get you into forearm stands and you're upside down in half the class and i'm there like shaking my head nope not gonna happen maybe you'll think you're better than me <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm to be better at teaching That's the last thing i want to be doing Maybe it's different if you're a yoga teacher than if you're, like, a secondary school teacher because, you know, no one's messing about at the back of the class, are they? And, like, throwing things (laughs) things at you, like throwing rolled up bits of paper or, like, stealing the mats or...
1: I do find that sometimes, especially in bigger classes, like when I used wor- worked in a studio and obviously people were there in person, so I could see everyone in great detail because <laughs> we were real life. And um, you know, when you're there with like 30 people in a studio and you're talking and you're telling them to do things. and you know the people that aren't listening because they're not doing it. I mean, I've, I've spoken on this before when it's kind of like, you know, maybe the odd person who's not listening or they're distracted and that's okay. And then maybe, you know, if the whole class is doing it wrong, you know, that's you. You've done something wrong. You've said it backwards or whatever. Or you get that thing where you just get that one person and it's so annoying that's like on the Fitbit or on their Apple Watch because we've got text or something. You're like, are you kidding me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that off your wrist and jump on it. What are you doing? you know, in downward dog trying to press a button on their their, their hand. And you're like, oh my God, you're going to kill yourself. (laughs) So sometimes I do end up saying things that are intended for one person, like ignore your devices, please. Or can you please make sure you don't have anything on? But for the most part, I don't. I just assume that. I like the idea. I feel like this when I watch different things, like when you watch the news and stuff, I I like the idea of assuming intelligence until someone has proven that they don't understand. Because like for me personally, I find that I can comfortably understand things that might be considered quite technical. I would never be able to repeat it or teach it, but I can comfortably understand it. Like, you know, when they're talking about all the vaccines and different things like that and, you know, all these proteins and this and that, I would never be able to repeat it. But I completely understand, like, maybe there's some assumptions that I'm making as part of that understanding. But I feel confident that I understand what you're saying. So I like to speak like that. So I like to assume that when I'm talking, people understand me until they start doing, you know, that really confused look on their face. Like, What is she talking about? And then I might try and repeat it a different way
0: or something. It's like when you read a book that's very high tech. Or not very high tech, but you get the gist of mm. what they're talking about. Like if it's just, if it's like a popular science book, like the Daniel Kahneman book I was talking about recently. But if someone's like, "Oh, tell me about it," um, oh god, yeah, I didn't yeah. write the bloody thing, so I can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Right.
0: Tell me everything you know about the Vietnam War from watching one documentary.
1: Yeah, you're like, no, um, it was in Vietnam. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> you're about to say, it was a draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Kids know who's a bad teacher. Yeah. The teachers that we used to mess about with, you know, it's not the ones that weren't strict, We mm. it would be the ones that we knew were rubbish at teaching. Because yeah. it's almost like we didn't respect them as much. Like, yeah. The teachers that we liked and behaved with probably were the ones we liked more, just mm. as individuals.
1: But I think that comes back to your kind of idea of like, it's not always what you say but how you say it because every teacher has to teach very similar topics and then you'll have one teacher that you absolutely love and maybe another person has their, another science teacher from a different school or whatever that they absolutely hate but they could be teaching pretty much the exact same thing.
0: So one of, one of them killed himself a couple of years ago. It was very sad. One of your teachers? Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it was really bad because you sort of think like when you find out that happens, you sort of think, oh, I just wish I'd have, not that I could done anything but like, Yeah. like, I would have liked to been able to let him know that things were kind of okay, and I'd appreciated like what he'd done and stuff. And you feel like you never know something like that's going to happen. So you never know you've got a time limit on. Like,
1: well, the time limit is just do it now.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so anyone who's listening, yeah.
1: go tell your high school teachers how yeah. much they meant to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want anyone listening to think like, oh, if anything happens to us. Like you should have given them a five star review on iTunes, well, but it's too it's too late now because they both mysteriously died in that Zoom accident.
1: <laughs> oh, dear, but you can't you know you can't wait to tell people
0: no it's true actually i mean i've had two friends die in the last 10 years like my age so gosh i mean you were never to know that but like how are you now now anyone listening to this is going to be thinking oh he's definitely going to be sending me a nice message about how much (laughs) i mean to him and they're not going to hear anything yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyone who's listening this is your warning that i don't plan on sending any messages out anytime soon you all mean the world to me (laughs) I always thought it was funny because quite, for quite a long time, there was you know all the cotton was grown in South Carolina, Georgia, and that kind of area. And then it was literally boated over to Lancashire. And, and in Lancashire is where they d- did all the cotton mills and all the cotton stuff. And then and I was like, oh, I'm a piece of cotton.
0: Yeah, you are, I suppose. You're the, the same way. route.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, came over to, <laughs> to Lancashire and then stayed there for ages.
0: Yeah, you are the modern-day equivalent.
1: <laughs> modern-day <laughs> equivalent of a piece of cotton. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've got your business card in this drawer. I noticed the other day. Okay, really? Yes, I do, because you handed them out at the end of that class, the first one. That, I don't know whether it was in the first one that you covered, or... I feel like it must have been, because there was a big swarm around you.
1: Pre-COVID. <laughs> did you follow me? Or did you just spy on me?
0: I did follow you.
1: Okay, okay.
0: You know I followed you.
1: Well, I know you follow me now, but I meant, did you follow me then, you know, at the time?
0: Well, when you handed out the thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I just did it in... May or something. Ah, uh, okay. I wasn't on Instagram then. Anyway, I've, I've only uh, been on Instagram since last December, which is why uh, my okay. following on it isn't absolutely massive. Yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously it would have been massive if I'd started <laughs> years ago. I was so behind on it. I couldn't believe how big it was. It's so stupid. Yeah, I
1: didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't been on it for that long.
0: I've been on Twitter for like ten years, nearly, and mm. that's. I thought well, that's where comics are because they make jokes and. Mm. I've got a Facebook page, but no one sees that because it's all sort of hidden. I do get some people through Facebook,
1: but I think that's just people who don't use Instagram.
0: Well, then I don't know yeah. if there's people actively seeking you, though. Or yes, it will stung. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll just be yeah. that's the format they use to actually find things. Because yeah, when yeah. I do when I used to do shows, especially when I was doing tour support, and, and I could be like follow me afterwards, I probably did get an older demographic following on Facebook, but most people would come through on Instagram,
1: which is weird because I feel like. I'm a Facebook native, but I'm not old. So how did that happen? When did all the old people get on Facebook? <laughs> all the old people got on Facebook and all the young people went, oh, God, no, I'm not here anymore. Let's go somewhere else. Oh, Instagram sounds good. <laughs> it's like when too many old people come into a party or something and all the young kids go out the back door. I don't know. It's like they all just didn't it?
0: It just got too big so everybody's on it and people don't like everybody being on it people like being right. part of an exclusive club for people like them not you know about 20-30 people see my posts on Facebook and it's the same people all the time I'm probably mm-hmm. related to half of them yeah and I don't too. want yeah, I don't yeah. want them to see so not because I don't like them but I just think they're not the people that need to be won over by anything my family going to like anything that I do
1: yeah my mom always gives my things love hearts.
0: I was trying to write a joke about that. Would you know, like, I might include this if you laugh, but it might be one of those things that misses the mark a little bit. But,
1: okay, I have to make sure I laugh now because you told me I have to laugh. No, you yeah, don't have to. No, yeah, have to <laughs> no, don't
0: force yourself to because it's testing Okay, you something.
1: can't see me then. Oh, so nice, you... like, yeah,
0: every... yeah,
1: so then you can't see my reaction, so then it will be genuine.
0: <laughs> I built this up too much now. Dooms to failure. But I just thought. You know how, like, your parents all probably encourage you too much, like, when you're not too much, because, you know what I mean? Like, if you draw a really rubbish painting when you're, like, a kid, yeah, and they're like, oh, that looks great, oh, it's really good, you're very talented, even though it looks awful. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's because they're seeing you through, like, a mother's eyes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Objectively, it's rubbish, you're not going to be an artist, but if you just listen to their opinion all the time. It will give you too much of a sense of, like, that you'd think you were a lot better at something than you actually were. Like, you might yeah. end up growing up thinking that you were a great artist mm-hmm. or a pianist because your parents kept saying how good you are at something that you're objectively quite crap at. <laughs> so I thought, you know how Oedipus was married to his mother? Do you think that he thought that he was, like, really, really great in bed all the time? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> objectively, is actually really bad in bed. But he just because she would just praise him too much. (laughs) That's
1: so horrible.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. It is funny, isn't it? It is funny.
1: I did have one more thought the other day that I, I, I... I don't know if we really have a lot of time. I don't know how much time you have now. Well, I
0: don't have a limit, but you presumably have you got a class?
1: Yes, I do have a class this evening. So I want to be at the max, maybe another 20 minutes.
0: That's fine. I mean, often what happens is you say I've got to be off for whatever, and then 20 minutes after that's on. Yeah,
1: I'm going to have to be a little more strict about this. So when I say 20 minutes, I really, really mean... 20 minutes
0: and also it's not like i'm not going to talk to you again anyway is it so if you miss if you're yeah. saying something off i'll just write it down to me. just write it down i won't keep interrupting like this so that you don't get to say <laughs> the thing that you were planning to say
1: okay so what i was planning to say was i think that there's this big push here especially in england but maybe more in the west in general about mental health And like, oh, if you feel like you have a problem, or if you feel sad, or if you whatever, if you feel things, don't hide it, don't be ashamed, you know, talk about it, find people to connect with, you know, loads of help numbers, you know, especially for things like loneliness and stuff like that, especially now that we're around winter, and there's a lot of like dark, it's dark, it's cold, and we yeah, probably in or going to be in another lockdown soon. So there's a lot of like emphasis around... This kind of like talk to us if you're not feeling well kind of thing. Just like if you had something wrong with your body, you would assume that after a little while, if it didn't get better, you'd go see a doctor. It's the same kind of thing. And they're trying to emphasize that with your mind. And I think that's fantastic. Obviously, that's really good. Your mental health as a yoga teacher, your mental health is completely 100% connected to your physical health without a doubt you know that's why you get tense when you're angry or sad or cry or when you know things physically show up in your body every emotion you have shows up in your body in some way but i think that there's a there's not very much out there on preventative mental health so like You know, it's like saying, oh, you know, I've broken my leg, I've broken my arm, I don't feel right, I feel a bit sick, right, I'm going to go to the doctor. It's like, well, you should have gone to the doctor with the first problem and not waited till the 10th one, you know. It's the same kind of thing. As soon as you feel a little bit bad, there should be known things that we can do to, like, help us make sure that we're all right. So, like, there's basically this kind of, like, perspective around mental unwellness. When really, it should be about mental wellness, like what do you do every day to make sure that you stay happy what do you what do you do what What's your way of finding balance in your life, whether that's your work and life balance or your kids and your life balance you know what do you do to keep yourself on a steady state of okay at the very least, like you were saying about being content but you can't be you can't be like really depressed and then get a shower to make yourself content it's like you need to get a shower every day then or, or whatever you know you don't to make yourself... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't go anywhere nobody smells me so <laughs> but you know what I mean like I don't feel like there's a lot out there in terms of the preventative side but I think that that yoga could be that if people wanted came at it from that point of view of like Stepping into a space, like you're saying with meditation, stepping into a space where you just sit down, and then that prevents you from feeling bad in the future. Just like when you eat healthy, it stops you from, you know, having problems with your body later. And I think there's not enough emphasis on that kind of that side of mental health.
0: I think that's right because I also notice that when I'm not doing things, then it, it starts to slip. You know what I mean? Like if I have a couple of days off either running, meditation, or yoga, then I start to feel a bit... I remember a couple of months ago feeling quite miserable one day. And then mm-hmm. I went for a run, and the old endorphins must have sort of sorted something out. And I came back and I thought, partly I was thinking, oh, good, I did that, it sorted it out. But the other mm-hmm. part of me was thinking, great. So I'm changed to that forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
0: I'm going to but... have to
1: run every day now. <laughs>
0: I I don't want the emphasis to change from doing yoga every day. I mean, I I was going to ask you at some point how many days a week you should be doing it. I feel like I don't want the emphasis to change from feeling good after doing a class like the first however many months. I mm. always feel good after class. Apart from the time I felt dizzy once, that's like one in 300 yeah. times yeah coming out of a class and not having felt really good afterwards but now it's and why it's like turning into like it's at the stage where just if i don't do it i feel a bit rubbish rather than like feeling really good
1: do you feel like that's just mental rubbish like when you say you feel a bit rubbish it's just in your mind like
0: it just is mental probably health. mental i think yeah. yeah but i think that's part, partly down to the fact that you feel like you've wasted time sitting around mm, sometimes mm. as well it's not
1: Well, I think even if you didn't practice yoga, if you sit around all day and you don't do anything, people who say, oh, I didn't do anything, and then they've like, I don't know, vacuumed their house and cleaned it from top to bottom and vacuumed out the car. It's like, you did loads today, so don't say that. But like, if you actually did nothing and sat, even if you did loads, but it was all on a computer and you did loads of work done, absolutely smashed it out at work today, but you literally sat all day on your computer. I think that that has an effect. You need to move. And then specifically with yoga, the more you practice yoga, the more you miss it
0: yeah right. so. I'm, I'm having a week off this week though oh yeah yeah because i've had i tell you a couple of weeks ago my shoulder felt a bit weird mm. there was like something twitching in my shoulder blade and i was doing my classic like instead of thinking oh, i've done something in class and these rest for a few days i immediately mm. went to worst case scenarios and i thought oh, well that's definitely some degenerative neuro problem oh, dear, and it's like oh i'll be dead in a year and uh yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like a hypocrite for saying I can sort of recognize thoughts and sort of not engage with them so much. But it's easier to do that when they're just like depressive, anxious thoughts about existentialist stuff yeah, or like yeah. think worried about death or the future. It's much easier to deal with those when you're actually feeling something physical. It's a lot harder to put it out of your mind. Mm. But I knew psychologically I was making it worse because it was when I think about it more, it would feel worse. And then it would seem to move all over the yeah. side of my And I was just <laughs> driving me nuts. Yeah, I do that all the time. I used to, I do it sometimes with part of my head. I've done it with parts of my leg, and, and so. so anyway, I think I need to rest it.
1: I have similar problems, so I I have a thing in my back that flares up every now and then. It's a it's a right. You know how the muscles that line the spine, it's not actually it kind of attaches and goes around, but you know you can feel it with your hand as it as if it's like a big chunk that lines that spine down each side. Every now and then they just decide they're just going to go tight like just like as if they're engaged as if i'm leaning over or something and it's just like you know a three inch by two inch piece of muscle on my back that's just like gone hard as a rock and what are you doing that hurts (laughs) i don't know 100 percent what it is but i have found that specifically with that my yoga doesn't make it worse so i just carry on with it
0: what was weird is i actually felt And whether it's because my mind was being taken off it in classes Mm. and probably afterwards, I Mm. felt better. Yeah, yeah. But it was more the psychological thing. It wasn't like, oh, I just need to rest this week. It was just like two weeks of me thinking, well, that's the end. (laughs) But it was. oh no but the thing is what's so bad about that is that when i when something actually is going to be wrong with me at some point in the future i'm just going to because i've had so many psychosomatic pains and so much like so much of it has been psychological when something actually is going to be wrong with me i'm just going to be like yeah imagine that well here (laughs) you go
1: the more you practice yoga the more you make those connections between the nerves the more you'll understand what is actually in pain muscle pain is usually mostly never a problem problems real serious problems happen inside in organs and stuff so a lot of the time if something hurts or aches and if you can identify it as definitely being in the muscle you're good to go you know give it some rest put some heat on it you know if it wasn't
0: muscle it was ligament
1: in your shoulder blade
0: well it's not that then is it i don't know mm. yeah. <laughs> i should have asked you two weeks ago because you know yeah. anatomy so you I, should have I... asked me
1: two weeks ago You should have told me. As soon as you felt it, you were sore. (laughs) I don't know how many times I need to tell people this. (laughs) I had someone come to my yoga class who didn't even tell me they were pregnant until after class. Wow. It was like, too late now, (laughs) lady. I mean, for a lot of the time, people come to a yoga class and they ache all the time anyway. You ache from being sat at a desk all day or something. You know, you ache because you you walk down to the shops and back up the hill. and you have done that for a month, you know. (laughs) So, I I understand you're not going to tell me every single little thing. But if you are worried about something, then tell me.
0: When you're in your 30s, you sort of start thinking, is that bit gone forever now? I'm always going to like having to slightly nurse that bit. It's, It's like having a bad knee. Or something yeah. in your 30s or 40s, and it's like, well, you can't know, you're not jogging then. Or yeah. <laughs> like, well, you are, but you're wearing strapping.
1: Knees are the one thing that I think, like, ooh, knees, ooh, they just they go so easily, like, because wear and tear s- style. It's like, are you getting enough, are you getting enough, you know, calcium? Have you got enough fish oils in your diet or, you know, omega-3, whatever, whatever variation you want to go for your vegan side of things. But like, you know, have you got enough of these in your diet? Because <laughs> your knees are going to kill you later. <laughs> you asked earlier, and I wasn't sure if you wanted a real answer, how many times you should practice yoga in a week? Do you want me to answer that question? I want you to give
0: me your technical <laughs> advice.
1: Okay. Um, so... I think I've said before, you need to practice at least once a week to notice a real benefit in your body. Twice a week, you're really good. You're good to go. You're really going to notice something after a few months if you practice twice a week regularly. And and by practice, I mean at least an hour and usually not a restorative class. <laughs> Though I think that has a place in life. But I mean like if you're wanting to see physical benefits of being more flexible or stronger or something like that, then yeah, those kind of benefits you would practice twice a week. And at least for a few months before you really feel some real difference physically. But there's this really strong belief in the yoga community that you should practice your yoga every single day. And I personally feel like that's unrealistic and brings about feelings of guilt and sadness when you miss a day or when something comes up or you don't practice or you start questioning how long is a practice if I do two sun salutations does that count and then you start trying to like quantify what your yoga practice is and it, do you have to be in a yoga class every single day or can you just whip out your mat for five minutes in the living room all these kind of things start to go through your head like what does it mean to practice every day but personally I would say twice a week is a good goal to set for yourself Like that is really good if you're practicing a proper yoga class with a teacher or or with a video or whatever twice a week you are spot on any more than that then it's just up to you don't feel like you definitely don't have to practice hard classes every day for sure like if you want to like what I do with my Wednesday class uh, lunchtime Wednesday is restorative and you just lay there over a bolster it's like ha ha. <laughs> i'm practicing yoga <laughs> i'm so floppy <laughs>
0: <laughs> i got <Yeah>. exercise today <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah. look
1: how i exercise flippy floppy on my mat <laughs> i exercise <laughs>
0: with three pillows <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. in my pajamas <laughs>
1: uh, exactly exactly so i always i do think that yoga can be what you need it to be you know so if you feel like you could you have the space to adapt your yoga practice to what you need and you feel like you can do that every day then that's awesome
0: but should your body not have a rest though like should your body not be resting for yes
1: that's what i'm saying you shouldn't practice a 60 minute rocket yoga class every single day of the week you definitely want to mix that up with something more relaxing like a yin or a, you know or restorative but for the most part you can practice every day if, if you're if you're happy with it i feel like i need to do a little bit more advertising so if you're interested in my yoga come and be in my classes thank you <laughs> Right, okay. I think we should finish now, if that's good with you. Have you stopped the recording, or should we stop it at the same time?
0: Uh, it doesn't matter when we stop it, really.
1: Oh, okay. Right.
0: Thanks for listening to this special X-rated edition of the show. Uh, we're going to be back next time with zero mild sexual references or bloody violence, when Kayla will be introducing us to the Niyamas. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. If you become a fan of the show, please don't be shy about sharing, subscribing, and all that stuff. We're both on Twitter. I am at Peter underscore Brush and Kayla is at Kayla McCormack 5. On Instagram, I'm Peter Brush underscore and Kayla is Kayla McCormack Yoga. And McCormack has two C's and no A in between the C's. I mean, the tags are also in the show description where you can actually see them. That's a little bit easier, maybe. Ask us a question if you'd like. Want to open those floodgates? And the music is Kachim's Wonder by Dr. Turtle, licensed under Creative Commons. See, Hopefully see you again. Most of you have already switched off by now. Bye.